0: Hey, Penrith Baptist Church, welcome to week two in our As God Moves series. Uh, Last week, Mark spoke about as God moves, uh, as he has chosen us. It was God's initiative and it was God's um, plan to choose us. In fact, he chose us in Ephesians 1. It says, even before everything that we see around us has been created, there was something in God that chose us. He started it. And uh, it's a great thought that we didn't have to be good enough or or try to measure up to uh, being chosen to be on God's team. Uh, But he chose us. And that was just a great truth for us to uh, receive last week. And this week, as we continue on in our series, moving into Ephesians chapter two, we're talking about as God moves, that we are made alive in Christ. And our passage for today in Ephesians 2 starts at verse 1 through to verse 10, and it says this, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world, and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh And following its desires and thoughts. And like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. Verse 4. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive in Christ, with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. Just before we go on, I want to talk a little bit more about verse 4 and 5 here. And I'll read it again just quickly. It says, But because of his great love for us, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Those are key words, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. I looked up that phrase uh, that word life in, in other versions, it says that you have life. And uh, here in the NIV, it says to be made alive in Christ. And I wanted to understand a little bit more about this word that is used about being alive with Christ. And what I found out was something I thought was really special, really quite remarkable. To be made alive is to make one alive together with another. I'll read that again, then I'll expound on it a little bit. To make one alive together with another, so to be made alive, um, to state the obvious, we must first be dead. We can't be made alive if we're already alive. We are alive, so you can't be made alive. But if Jesus here, if the word is saying that to be made alive with Christ, it must mean that we weren't alive. And so to be made alive together with another means that we, in the context of this word that's used, means that we actually participate in the life that Christ has. It's almost like when you see a tree branch that is grafted into a tree. The branch by itself, over time, is going to die. It's not going to be able to sustain itself. But when a branch is grafted into a tree, The life flows through the tree to the branch. It's not like the branch just gets its own little subset of life and continues on in its way. No, the life the branch receives comes completely and fully through the life of the tree. And that's the context here for us. For us to be made alive with Christ is not that we've just been given our own life. Each of us has our life, our life, our life. We actually are grafted in, so to speak, into the life of Christ, that we are connected with him. So the life that we receive is actually the life of Christ himself in us and through us. I love I love that thought. I okay, moving on to verse six, Ephesians two. It says this, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus to do. So as we talk about as God moves today, I want to focus in on this response of ours to what he's done. How do we respond? How do we live out this life that we are now living because of Christ and in Christ? Because I think that there is a difference sometimes between the abundant life that Jesus has brought us into and the life that I'm experiencing. Jesus said in John 10:10, 10, 10, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you may have life and life to the full. That's the life I want to live. And I want to know, what does that look like when I'm living that out? How do I live that out? What is my response as God has moved, that Jesus moved, as He went to the cross, when He died on our behalf, when He initiated all of that, and we are now brought into this incredible life in Christ. What does that mean for us to be made alive in Christ? What is the fullness of our, of this reality? and am I living it? Am I experiencing this life that I have in Christ? Do I, do I wake up every morning with an awareness of the fullness of the life of Christ in me and living him living through me? Or are we still finding that there is a, a bit of our old self dictating, to the new creation that God has made us to be, I want to live in the fullness of the new life that Jesus has given us, leaving the old behind. The old has gone, and the new has come. I used to work in the IT. <clears throat> used to work in the IT world. Excuse me, and I was a computer programmer, and I uh, had a, a few different friends that I formed through the years doing that. And one of my friends was a a Christian guy and uh, we used to spend a lot of time together. But there's one thing that he used to say that really used to bug me and I didn't really know how to pinpoint exactly why it bugged me so much. But he used to say, I'm a Christian, but I'm also a natural born sinner. And I guess there's truth to that, right? When we are born, we are born into sin. We're born with this this pride in us that just wants to take care of ourselves, that just wants to look after ourself, that wants to prefer ourself. And we'll do uh, anything as a humanity, as we've seen. But even in my own life, there's things where I know that I've just operated from a place of me first, take care of me first, and maybe that's resulted in me having bad attitudes to people or may- maybe lying or stealing or killing, not killing, but what if this life that we used to live is no longer who we are? And that's the truth. So when my friend would say, I'm just a natural born sinner, it was like he was confessing to be the person that he used to be before Christ. And that's what I couldn't reconcile in my mind. It was like, a, you want to have the benefit of having a life with Christ, but you don't want to let go of the person used to be without Christ. We're not natural born sinners anymore. We were, we were born that way. But who we are today as Christians is so different. We are made alive with Christ. That's a new creation. The Bible says we are a new creation. And so we get to live that out and not settle for um, living this life of contradiction. We don't have to live that way. If we are made alive in Christ, where Jesus is the source of that life, then I want to live that kind of life. I don't want to settle for anything less than the life that Christ has given us. In John chapter 11, there is an account where Jesus uh, brought a man called Lazarus back to life. And even though this is a, a literal made-a-life moment, it reinforces to us that the life that we now live in the flesh is now the life that we live by faith in Christ. And we see it played out in a remarkable way in John chapter 11. I'm going to read through a lot of verses. This is an incredible story. I love this story. And we're going to uh, hopefully learn uh, from God's Word some things today. From, from this passage. Starting with verse 1, John 11. Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Uh, this Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one that you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was for two more days. And then he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. Now, just to hit pause on that just for a moment. It seems a little bit contradictory, right, for Jesus to say, I love Martha and Mary and Lazarus, and Lazarus is really sick, so I'm not going to go straight away. I'm going to hang out uh, here for another two days, and then let's go back to Judea. But there's a reason. There's a reason why he did that. We'll talk about that a bit more soon. Verse 8. But Rabbi, there said, a short while ago, the Jews there tried to stone you, and yet you were going back? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in the daytime will not stumble, for they shall for they see by this world's light. It is when a person walks at night that they stumble, for they have no light. After he had said this, he went on to tell them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get better. They're talking about Jesus and the idea that it was dangerous for Jesus to go back. So they thought if they go back, Jesus is going to die and they're going to die as well. Yet they said, let us also go that we may die with him, with Jesus. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days Martha answered, I know. I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Listen to these words. Jesus said in verse 25, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Let's pause there for a moment. What a statement. I am, Jesus said, the resurrection and the life. It's amazing. And Jesus is not just the Resurrector. He is the resurrection. He doesn't just have the ability to resurrect. But his very nature, the who he is, is resurrection. It's not just what he does. It's who he is. Jesus is not just the giver of life. He is the source of life. Like I was saying before about the the branch being grafted into that tree. It's the same thought that Jesus doesn't just give us life, but he is the source of life. But if I'm already alive in this natural body, how can He give life when I already have life? And because the life that we're talking about today is the life that is only available through Jesus. Apart from him, we do not have this life, but through Christ, we have been made alive. He is the resurrection and he is the life. And that's what our passage in Ephesians 2 is teaching us about being made alive in Christ. And just to take this thought a little bit further before we go back to the passage, Jesus does not just give light He is the light of the world. Jesus does not just point us to the way to go. He is the way. Jesus does not just tell us truth. He is truth. He is the fullness of truth. Jesus does not just provide what we need. He is what we need. Jesus does not just provide water for us to drink, but he is the living water so that we may never thirst again. He is not just our sustainer, but he is our very sustenance. It's amazing. Just to read that verse again, verse 25, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. If you're waiting for a future day for the resurrection to happen, just know that the resurrection is here. The life is here. The truth is here. The way is here. Our provider is is here. It's who he is. I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Jesus asked Martha, Martha, do you believe this? And I guess we could ask ourselves the same question today. Do we believe this? Is our faith inspired and founded on the truth that Jesus is the source of our Christian life? Do we, do we believe it? I hope we do. I hope we believe this. I hope that we're getting a hold of this in a deeper way, even today. Verse 27, Martha responds. She says, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. And Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Take off the grave clothes and let him go. Take off the dead clothes and let him go free. Let him live now this new lease on life that he has. And I do wonder if Lazarus was probably even looking forward to changing out of those grave clothes. And apart from probably stinking, what they represented stunk far worse, right? They they represented death. And even more than that, rather, even more than just the fact that they smelled bad, those clothes were inappropriate now because he wasn't dead anymore. He was alive because of Jesus and only because of Jesus. It wasn't appropriate for Lazarus to be wearing grave clothes. That's why Jesus says, take off the grave clothes and let him go. You're not dead anymore, Lazarus. Get rid of those dead clothes. They represented death. And even more than that, it was inappropriate, those clothes. So If we could use this as a metaphor for us today, what grave clothes are we still wearing today? What grave clothes are you still wearing today? Take off your grave clothes and be free in Christ. Take off our sin clothes, so to speak, as put on righteousness. Take off addiction and put on freedom. Take off condemnation and put on the confidence we have in Christ. Take off low self-esteem and put on the love of Christ. Take off rejection and put on the son, our daughter of God. That's who you are. That's who we are through Christ. I'm asking a challenging question today. Are you still wearing any of these grave clothes? Because if I can be frank with you, our grave clothes stink. But even more than that, they're not even appropriate for us anymore. You have been made alive in Christ. He is the resurrection and the life. And everything Christ has done and all of Christ All of who Christ is is the life that is available for you today. Let me say that again. Everything Christ has done and all of who Christ is is the life that is available for you today. He is the resurrection and the life. We are made alive in Christ. Apart from Christ, we are dead, but in Christ. We have this incredible life, this incredible, abundant life to live. That it does not have to look like our grave clothes anymore. It doesn't have to smell like our grave clothes anymore. But there are grace clothes that we can wear now. There's mercy clothes that we can wear now. There are love clothes that we can wear now. And that's who we are. As God moves, We get to live this incredible life made alive in Christ. Let me pray. Lord God, I thank you for your word today. Lord, I thank you that we are made alive in Christ. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to live this out. I pray that we would not have a confession. I'm just a natural born sinner. But Lord, that's not who we are anymore. We are made the righteousness of God through Christ. That's actually who we are. We are more Righteous than we are sinner because you made us that way through Christ. That is the life that we now here live. So, Lord, help us to live it out. Lord, help us right now to take off the grave clothes and put on the grace clothes. Lord, I pray for each person that's here today listening to these words, that you would help them, that they would know that it's you who has done this incredible work, that there's nothing for us to do to earn this to receive this other than just by faith to believe it. And Lord, because you've done all the work for us so that we can have this incredible life, this life where we are made alive in you. We thank you for it. We give you praise for it. And in Jesus' name, we pray all these things. Amen. Amen. God bless you, church. Goodbye.